Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path to spiritual living.
Good morning. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for inviting me to come back. Huh, I enjoyed myself last time. Um, I want to start off with a cute little joke that I, um, that I once heard. I thought was kind of cute. I wanted to share it today. And it's dealing with a rabbi, a minister, and a priest who decided that they wanted to see who could do their job the best. If you heard this before, bear with me. Um, so they decided to go out into the woods and find a bear and convert the bear. And then they were going to come back together and share how things went. So when they came back, and, um, they met in the hospital. And the priest said, well, you know what? I found a bear. I read, him from the, read to him from the catechism. I sprinkled holy water on him. And... He's coming for communion next Sunday, First Communion. They were all excited and celebrating that. And the minister said, well, I found a bear near a stream. And I preached the word of God to him, and he was so excited, he let me baptize him. He's coming to church, too. So they're like, yay, that's exciting. So they're standing in the emergency room looking down at the rabbi who's in this full body cast. And he says, on second thought, I don't think I should have started with the circumcision. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I'm good. I don't think there are any kids in here, so what is a circumcision? <laughs> Today I'm going to be speaking on learning to love from a pure heart. And this has become very important to me based off of everything that's going on in the United States and the world that's not the most loving. You know, it seems that we are in kind of a crisis. And the awesome thing about this is that it moves us into a higher level of consciousness when you go through something that makes you push to the next level. See, we are created to be being full expressions, pure expressions of love. And we are created to love from a pure heart. But then when you look at how our life is, how we've grown up, everybody at some point or another has experienced some form of fear. And what I call fear is an energetic response within a heart to error thoughts, error thinking. So it could cause anger, it could cause resentment, it could cause disappointment. You could have feelings from, somebody, from something years ago where you're still carrying around unworthiness feelings of unworthiness, or feelings of low self-esteem, feelings that I'm not good enough, feelings that I'm too much, I'm too thin. I used to have this fear, this feeling of being too thin because I was teased when I was younger for being thin. And it sits in the heart. And every time we have an air-based emotion, which is the energy called fear, and fear represents false evidence appearing real. Anytime we have that kind of emotion, it resonates in the heart. The heart is that center within each and every one of us that Charles Fillmore says allows us to bring in the awareness of love. And love is not necessarily an emotion because emotions are energy in motion. That's what fear, fear is. Fear is the energy in motion from an anger or resentment or whatever. Whatever that feeling is, it's an energy in motion. 
Love is the conscious awareness of unity. It's the ability to attract, to unify, and to desire. It is actually a state of consciousness of God. So when we come into the space of being created to love from a pure heart, how do you love from a pure heart when there's those fears, that that fear-based energy from those thoughts that we grew up with that we've adopted going on inside of the heart? It causes wounds, it causes hurts, and when that's there, your heart isn't pure. It's tainted. It has these little bricks in it. It's interesting that it reminds me right now, my dad said that when what he told me, when Jesus was on the cross and his heart was being pricked, all of our sins, all of our fears, every time we turned from God, from the beginning of time to the end of time. And can you imagine the torment that Jesus experienced on a cross, going through that, taking on our sins, representing the error, error thoughts. When Jesus said, my heart was, is tormented to death in the Garden of Gethsemane, that represents in those moments when we are experiencing any type of fear. How can you love from a pure heart when there's those dark spots there? When I pondered that, I realized that the hurt that's going on in the world is because hurtful, hurting people hurt people. I once heard Iyanla Van Zandt say that, and that stuck with me. That if somebody is hurting you, it's a response to them being hurt somehow inside of them. And the kicker is, the hurt is coming from a fear-based thought that is triggered from the past that's deep down in the soul. And it's been visited over and over and over and over again so many times that it's created this strong vibration that causes the person to act. It's an impulse that causes the person to act. So in those moments, when we feel that, how do we love from a pure heart? So I'm pondering this, this the last couple weeks. And I thought about when Jesus gave us the two greatest commandments and what that really means. Loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul and loving your neighbor as yourself. What does that really mean? And what kind of energy is generated in your heart, in your body, when you do this? There's a song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. I don't know the rest of it. I thought you guys did, you're the singers. I thought I was gonna sing with you, but anyway. I, 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 that song came up, too, as I, was as I was meditating and working through this. God works my talks through me first, and it's actually unfolding even more deeply than it did when God worked with me. I love how God does that. Now, what came to me is that the world already has love. What the world needs now is for, for us to express it. But for us to express it, we need to purify and clean our hearts. There's a scripture that says, create in me a clean heart. 
The two greatest commandments, loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Jesus says that is the great, the first and greatest commandment, right? And he says the second is like onto that. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. So right there are three major steps in being a full expression of God. The first one is loving God. The second one is loving yourself. Even though it's not said, in the second commandment, it says, love thy neighbor as yourself. So that implies that we need to learn to love ourselves first and then love our neighbor. As I, oh, God, is some sweet business, I'm telling you. As I was meditating on that, I realized that the cure to healing the hurts and the wounds in our hearts is self-love. But it's, it's deeper than just self-love because the cure to healing our wounds and healing the hurts comes from self-love with a capital S. That's loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul because the capital, self, uh, uh, capital S self is your higher self. That's that divine expression of God that is in each and every one of us, that we are one with. And we know that from this, what, the second unity, basic unity uh, principle, which says that we are one with God. That means we are divine, we are absolute good. I like to say we're absolute good, absolutely, because there's no time in our life we are not absolute good. We may not be acting like we're absolute good, absolutely, but the truth is we are absolute good, absolutely. So when I'm substitute teaching, for instance, and my kids are acting up, I'm saying they're absolute good, absolutely. They are absolute good, absolutely. They are absolute good, absolutely. Oh my God, let me take a break, but they're still absolute good, absolutely. That's something we need to remember no matter what's going on or how someone's acting towards us. That they are absolute good, absolutely. So when we love God with all of our heart, heart is the, the heart is that feeling center in us that receives, that experiences, and that expresses love. What we do is we start to feel, to receive, to embrace and accept the presence of God within us. Because the presence of God is love. And we do this, we know, through the fourth unity principle of prayer and meditation. This is that part of you that when you think about somebody, you feel real good about that person. Or in those moments, you're like, ooh, I don't think so. You're feeling it from here. But those moments you feel the, ooh, I don't, I don't think so, that's when you go into the here absolute good, absolutely. Because the moment you do that, it turns off the fear and turns on the love. Energy cannot be destroyed but it can be transmuted. So your heart starts to purify through the presence of God because you're feeling it there. You're feeling it there instead of thinking on the limited thoughts of the third dimensional realm of beliefs, 
but I mean, third dimensional beliefs of limitation and separation. Anytime you go there, you will know it because you'll start feeling uncomfortable. So what I encourage us to do in loving God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul, in the first part of loving God with all of our heart, is to start being very present of what's going on inside of your heart center, what feelings you are feeling regularly throughout the day. Anytime you're feeling that uncomfortable feeling, go into the presence of God. Feel it. I feel the presence of God. Say it together. I feel the presence of God. One more time. I feel the presence of God. A third time for completion. I feel the presence of God. Now, the reason why we're saying it is because when you say God and when you say feel, you activate it. Your words activate it. So now, loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. The soul is those deep parts of our mind, our, our thoughts, our feelings, our, our, the stories that we play in our mind subconsciously. That's the soul. It's that part of you that's triggered that has nothing to do with what's going on right now, but everything to do with that story that we keep replaying that keeps coming up over and over again. And the beautiful part about God is that we are created to be that expression of God so we will keep replaying it over and over in our minds subconsciously to transmute that fear, false evidence appearing real into love, L-O-B-E, and be in that expression. We are created to be that expression. We're created to be the image and likeness of that expression. And inside of us, as we shift, we create the image and likeness of that within us. That's the awesome thing about God, is that being created in God's image and, like and likeness, we are created to create. Any thought that we have creates the stage for what we're thinking about. Then we start to feel it. It triggers a feeling. The feeling sets the atmosphere. Then we speak on it. When we speak on it, we write the script. And then we start to act on it. And based off the feeling that we're acting on it, we perform the script. When we go inside our mind and connect whatever thoughts Whatever it beliefs about ourselves, I'm not feeling worthy of this. I'm not good. There was a little boy who I was working with Friday uh, in this, in when I was subbing. He came up to me. This is too much. I, I can't do this. I said, it's coloring in a map. Well, it's too many states on it. All you got to do is follow the map that I gave you. Make it match. Well, it's too much. It's too much. I said, Why don't, maybe you can try it. You can try it and see. Let me just see you try it. And he went and he did it. And he got done second. And he came back and I said, oh, wait a minute, I thought you said you couldn't do it. He said, I guess I could. And then I said, but you got done second. Ryan's standing here and you're right next to him, you got done second. And he's, yeah, I did. I said, how does it feel to finish it quickly? You did a good job, didn't you? He said, yeah, I did. I said, how does it feel? He said, <laughs> I said, does it feel good? He said, yeah. Maybe no one's ever showed him how to transmute that doubt into trying it and succeeding. Even if you are trying it, you're still succeed succeeding because you're not stopping yourself from doing it from the thought that it's too much. He went on and kept doing the rest of his assignments. 
because he has spoken to him that you can do it. Try it. And he tried it, and he was able to do it. Now, this is a fourth grader who now has reprogrammed his own thoughts from the last nine years, which may not keep going. That's what we are to do for ourselves. I don't know if I can do this. I might be too old. I, might, I can't do that. I'm Oop, stop it. I can do it. Affirmation. You deny the feeling of it. The way you follow yourself to the story is follow the feeling. What thought is connected to that feeling? And what story is connected to that thought? And you don't even have to know where it started or where it's rooted. Just connect it. Draw it back. And then affirm the truth. Deny the power of that error, error thought and the vibration that it's creating in you. Every time you do that, you shift it. You unlock the thoughts and you lock the truth. And it resonates quickly because it's who we are. So that's how, so we are learning to purify the heart through the subconscious. First, we become aware of the presence of God within us, acknowledging the heart center, acknowledging the energy that's God inside of there. And as you acknowledge it, it wakes up and it opens up and you feel it and you feel things releasing. And what's going to happen is those error thoughts, those wounds, those hurts will surface because you've activated the power of the self-love, loving the capital self. Now, what happens is you start to become aware of your life and present with your life. You're not run by the fears of, the li of your life, what you think's going to happen. You stay present and create, co-create with God. Isn't that the third unity principle? Co-creating with God through thoughts held in mind. And since we have shifted those thoughts that created the fear, now the thoughts are thoughts of love and truth. Now you're creating a life of love and truth, and you're creating a pure heart through loving the self, the higher self. What happens is, then you go into the implied part that Jesus says, when you love your neighbor as yourself, the lowercase self. You begin to embrace who you are as an individualized expression of God. You begin to embrace all those things that you don't like about yourself, and you begin to love them and embrace them and see yourself through the eyes of God and love yourself how God would love you. And now your thoughts that you're creating are thoughts of love in the presence of God. Now your feelings are feelings of truth, feelings of love, feelings of peace, feelings of wonderment, feelings of abundance, feelings of prosperity. Now the words that you are saying are affirming the truth about God because you know the truth about God is the truth about you because you're one with God because you know the unity principle says that I am one with God. Absolute good. Absolutely. Now your mind is on that and you're loving God with all of your mind because we are praying unceasingly because our thoughts are prayers, right? When your prayers become consciously aware of God, in any situation, no matter what's going on, looking at the truth in the situation, what's going on behind this situation? 
Where is God present in this situation? Where is God present in that situation? Where is God present even in devastation? God is always present. Your mind is on it. You're loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But because you're thinking about God and God is love, you're loving God with all of your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. That is the greatest love of all. And especially since we are divine beings that never stop growing. So we move into a space of always learning on the next level how we can love God even more, creating a relationship and a friendship and a divine love affair with the lover of our soul, the creator of our soul, the existence that is us in God. And as you love your neighbor, you namaste because you know you're one with your neighbor and that no matter what your neighbor's doing, it is them It is the spirit in them that still manifests. And even if they're saying hurtful things, you have compassion and love for them because, you know, hurting people somewhere inside of them, there must be hurting. We manifest outside what's going on inside. And you love them. And I've seen many times where there have been people acting mean or acting hurtful, and I've affirmed that they are love. You are pure love. In my mind, you are pure love, and I have seen it change. And I've said, purify through the power of pure love. Purify God, his consciousness through the power of pure love. He is pure love. I see pure love in her. And it has changed. It works. I um, read this story about this little... um, this lady who was 17 years, she was 17 years old, and she read this story about this two-year-old who had burned himself up in a closet. He was playing with a big lighter, and all of a sudden it caught up, got all the clothes on fire. He, was lot, he was, didn't know how to open the door. He was two. He, could, he burned in there. And she, that really impacted her. It opened up her heart. She was 17. And that little boy stayed on her mind. And the part that she had read just said that they don't know. He was in critical condition, and they didn't know if he was going to survive. And there wasn't any other, any other things in the paper about it. So she just kept it. And for years, she kept that. And when she turned 32, she had her own accident where she ended up being in a fire. And she was enclosed, and she was getting burned up. It was in a car. Someone broke the window and pulled her out. And she was thinking, this is probably why I've been thinking about this little boy for so long and wondering what's, what happened with him. And so she decided that she would create this space where kids can come and play in the snow. They can learn how to toboggan. They can learn how to ski. They can learn how to ice skate. They can learn how to do all these things. But it's kids who are burn survivors. Because she says she wants to show, even when she was going through the pain of getting through healing her burning body, she wanted to give a place to those to learn to love themselves and express together as one. And so, one t- and so she started doing this, and a couple years went by, and it was really successful. And there was, was one young man who kept coming. He was in his 20s, and he kept coming. He was burnt completely, and he had, like, maybe a couple nu- uh, nubs for fingers. And he, he, his smile would light up the w- world, but his face was kind of burnt and everything. And he always came with this joy in his heart, this energy. The moment he entered the room, he was so happy and smiling and loving, you forgot that he was burned. And she was really impressed by this young man. And they were sharing stories of how things were going with the kids and everything one day. And she was talking to him. And it was like maybe three years into knowing him. And she was like, "Um, you've heard me share my story about how I got burned. Oh, you never told me, CJ, how you got burned. 
And he says, you remember the little boy who burned himself up in the closet? That was me. And immediately she was so awestruck, she just, she found a way to get off the phone quickly with him. Because she, she was like, oh my God, seriously, this is why I've been holding on to this, this little boy. And why I have even, didn't even hear about what happened to him because I was supposed to live, work with him and, and live a, a, have him in my life. She was so moved by it. It wasn't until two weeks later that she finally called him back. And she expressed to him why she got off the phone so quickly that it just impressed her so much, his love. That is love. He learned to love himself to the point that people didn't even notice the burns. And he extended that love to others. That's what we're created to do. He healed whatever heart, whatever wounds were in his heart, if there were any in the first place. And he became an emissary of love. He used self-love, loving the Christ within himself, to love others. That is what we're here created to do. And when we learn the first greatest commandment of self-love, we become one with everybody and we can love everybody. We become free-spirited, clean, pure hearts, and we learn to love from a pure heart. That's what we're here to do, and we can do it. And especially as groups, consciousness, the collective consciousness, we can send a wave out to the world by being that love, even in here. I am an emissary of love. Together, I am an emissary of love. Thank you, God, and thank you for listening. can see you lost your way It's just easier to hide But he sees inside your soul What your past cannot define You've been heading down this road You don't know who you are But he knows what's in your thoughts And he feels what's in
can't find home Sail till you can't see land There is no place you could go You could run till you can't find home Sail till you can't see land There is no place you could go You could fall till you're out of home Chase 